Amen. Well, in uh, starting today's message out, I, I don't usually do this, and I'm just telling you right up front, I'm probably going to laugh as I read this, but I have something kind of funny that I think will encourage you. The writer of what I'm fixing to read to you right now gave 25 reasons I owe my mother. 25 reasons why I owe my mother. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. <laughs> my mother taught me religion. You better pray that that will come out of the carpet. My mother taught me about time travel. If you don't wise up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. My mother taught me logic because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me more logic. If you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going shopping with me. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you clean your underwear or wear clean underwear in case you have an accident. My mother taught me irony. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your dinner. My mother taught me about contortionism. Will you look at the dirt on the back of your neck? My mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit there until these vegetables are gone. My mother taught me about weather. This room looks like as if a tornado went through it. My mother taught me about hypocrisy. If I told you once, I've told you a million times. Don't exaggerate. <laughs> my, my mother taught me about the circle of life. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. My mother taught me about behavior modification. Stop acting like your father. My mother taught me about envy. There are millions of less fortunate children in this world who don't have wonderful parents like you do. My, my, my mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until we get home. My mother taught me about receiving. You're going to get it when you get home. <laughs> my mother taught me about medical science. If you don't stop crossing your eyes, they're going to stick that way. My mother taught me about ESP. Put your sweater on. Don't you think I know when it's cold? My mother taught me humor. When that lawnmower cuts off your toes, don't come running to me. My mother taught me how to become an adult. If you don't eat your vegetables, you'll never grow up. My mother taught me about genetics. You're just like your father. <laughs> my mother taught me about my roots. Shut that door behind you. Do you think you were born in a stable? My mother taught me wisdom. When you get to my age, you'll understand. And my favorite, my mother taught me about justice. One day, you'll have kids, and I hope they turn out just like you. <laughs> anyway, in honor of all the mothers of the world, <laughs> I thought that was funny. At least I laughed. <clears throat> Well, we're 
in our series on the, entitled The Promised Holy Spirit. And um, today I'm, I'm going to kind of tie this together. Actually, Sandra read one of my scriptures today already. So it's right in line with what I believe God has for us today. And uh, in, our, in our foundational passages of scripture that we've read uh, in the last few weeks, I want to read those again, starting in John 14. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you, and he will be in you. And he said, I will not leave you orphans, I will come to you. We've talked a lot about that, but, but my focus today, again, is that he is, the Holy Spirit is a person, and he's a helper, and he's here to help us, amen? And I promise you, whether you know it or not, you need help. You are created to need his help to function and operate in the earth. You are not created to be as an orphan, parentless. He is the parents. He's the mother and the father. He's the brother, the sister. He's the everything to you and I. He's everything to us. And we were created to need His help. In John 16 and verse 12, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. And I'm reading this out of the NIV. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. That's His purpose here, is to guide us into truth about everything. Listen, He knows everything about everything. I'll say it again. He knows everything about everything, and his job, his responsibility in the earth is to reveal all truth to us, and he said he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is to come. He will speak truth to us. He'll reveal all truth, but he'll reveal things that are to come. I can tell you today you may think you know what's in the future, but He's already there. He's already there. You may think you know what the future holds, He's already in the future, and He's the future creator. <laughs> He's already created the future. Everything is in His hands. It's people that screw it up. People screw up the future because we don't tap into what He thinks is so. We don't tap into what he says is so. That's why, as we talked about in the last few weeks, we have to learn how to yield to him. We have to know how to hear from him. And, and it's not something that's make-believe. It's not, it's not some magic show with God. We have to develop a relationship with him so we can know how to operate in the earth like he wants us to operate. Can you say amen? Because we want, we want our lives demonstrating what it's like to live in heaven. He brought heaven to earth, and He wants that demonstration of heaven on earth through our lives. And the only way to do it is to tap into who He is, the truth of the Word that He is called to reveal to us, and then reveal to us about things that are to come. Do you know how smart that makes you? I mean, I mean if you looked at it from a beneficial standpoint... How can knowing the future benefit your life? 
He already knows what's coming, and we can know what's coming before it comes. I mean, there's all kinds of people that try to predict the future, right? There are a lot of people in the financial world that try to predict the financial future of, the, of America and the planet. Well, this is what I think. No, he knows, and he lives in me. That means I can know. But I'm just telling you right now, people just, for the most part, people don't believe it. I'm talking about, I'm talking about the one that knows everything about everything, and that one, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same spirit that lives in me if I've, accept, I've accepted him. He lives in me. And he's here to reveal all truth and to reveal what is to come. Man, oh man. And then last week we read out of 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. And <clears throat> it says this, But as it is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Right? Now, if you ask a person, do you love God? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, the Bible tells me to love God with all my heart, mind, and soul. You know, I just love God. Well, I, I don't even know what that means. I mean, I want to love God like that. And I'm telling you, I have a love for God. But what he's talking about here is, when, when he says that, he'll reveal those things to those who love him. In other words, who are following him. Who are passionate about living for him. You understand? You know, I promise you, you're not loving God today with all your heart, mind, and soul, but that's the goal. You understand? So those who are pursuing Him, He has given us His Spirit to reveal all truth because you're not going to get it with what you hear and what you see. You're not going to get it. No way. Jose. No way. Can you say amen to that? There is absolutely no way that you and I will ever get what God wants for us based on what we see and what we hear. For the Spirit searches all things. <clears throat> the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man that is in him? Even so... No one knows the things of God except who? The Spirit of God. Now, we've received not the Spirit of the world, but watch this, but the Spirit which, who is from God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us by God. These things we also speak not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but what, what? the Holy Spirit teaches and reveals to us. So it's from the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of man. Amen? The key to your and my success in life is tapping into the wisdom of God, not the wisdom of, of men. Because there's, there's a wisdom of men that seems smart, but there's a wisdom from God that is everything. And it knows everything about everything, and that's where my focus needs to be. I've said this a lot, and I'm just telling you right now, we can get so wrapped up in information and news 
that what it's after is to keep you from believing God. Now, I'm I'm just going to say this in a way that is not political. You have never used this pulpit in 32 years for a political stance. I will not do it. I will. I refuse. I don't care what they tell you you can or can't do. I'm just telling you we're not doing it. We don't need a political stance, right? We're about the government of heaven. We're about the government of God and establishing the government of God. Jesus did not go around trying to, you know, play to this group or play to that group or over here or back and forth. No, no, no. He, he was all about establishing the kingdom of God. So, out there, politically, we have the left side. Oh, this is the right hand. <clears throat> they, they, have, they have the left side, but that's your right. Okay, all right. So, yeah, that's how confusing it is. So, we have the left side, and then we have the right side, right? And uh, there's really, today, there's really not anybody in between. Except me. I don't know who else. I mean, you can be there or whatever. But the left side out there from my eyes, the left side, I mean, it just is what it is. It's blatant. It's just in your face. It's whatever. Over here on the right side, there's certain agendas and things from the, quote, Christian world that is so full of information and statistics about things that are going on and about how bad everything is. Hear me. I didn't say you can't have a cause or a purpose or stand up for something, but you can get so wrapped up in information, you're not believing the Word of God. Listen to me what the Word of God says. Flesh and blood is not your problem. That's not an option with God. That's a command. Where you, are, where you are so involved in what flesh and blood is doing, you are not hearing God. You are not trusting Him with all your heart. On the other side over here, it's blatant. It's in your face. There's all kinds of things going on. I get it. There's a lot of disagreement that, of what's happening here for the greatness of our nation. But over here, that sometimes there's too much of information about how bad it is. And where we need to be focusing on is how good He is. And how effective that your and my prayers can be. We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. That's where the battle has to be. We cannot live our lives battling against flesh and blood and against people. I'm telling you, I mean, yeah, there's things not right here. But I'm telling you, there's things not right in this. I'm just telling you right now. We have to be the difference in the earth. The church has to be the difference. When Jesus was here, he made all the difference. And I'm telling you, he did not get political. Amen? The only politics Jesus was about was the government of heaven. And Jesus brought heaven to earth, and now the implementation of heaven on earth The implementation of heaven on earth comes when we believe his word, we know how to pray his word, and we believe that what we say is going to come to pass. If everything I say is going to come to pass, then man, there's a bright future. 
But you can say a lot, but if you don't believe what you say, everything Jesus said came to pass. One time he told his disciples, we're going to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. They got in the boat. They started going. Tsunami hit. He rebuked the wind. He, calmed, he commanded it to stop. Why? Because they were going to the other side. Tsunami are known as tsunami. They are going to the other side. See, God's desire is that we pray for all people, kings and all those in authority, that we may live a peaceful and a quiet life in all godliness and holiness, no matter what anybody else is doing, but that happens when we pray for them, right? It's His desire that all men be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's His desire that all people be saved. So, man, I'm busy praying for hundreds of thousands into the millions of people every single day, and what I say is coming to pass, so they're all getting saved. I'm talking about taking the Word of God literally. I mean, man, we, out here, everybody's wearing chips on their shoulders, and everybody's offended about this, that, and the other, and, you know, mad because somebody said this, that, and the other. Well, I'm just going to say what he said, and I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm not talking about being offendable to people and, and offending people through the Word of God. I'm talking about in my quiet time. Man, I'm saying it all. I'm becoming so passionate to the point that God's waking me up in the nighttime hours all the time. He's waking me up and saying, I need you to pray. When you get passionate about believing that what you say is going to come to pass, then He'll wake you up because it, the Bible says He searches the whole earth looking for people that will be available to do His will in the earth. Get out of themselves and into His. Proverbs 3 and 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. Path is straight. There's a lot of insecurity out there. We live in the midst of insecurity. But in the world that I live in, and the world that you live in, if you understand what I'm saying today, that world can be peace and quietness in the midst of all hell. That's what he said. I say something you don't like, don't get mad at me as long as what I said is what he said. Absolute truth. Now, last couple of passages here that I want to read have to do with mothers. <clears throat> Proverbs 3, or 4. Proverbs 4 and verse 3. When I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother. This is, <clears throat> this is uh, in Proverbs, so it's Solomon. He, he said, when I was my father's son, tender and the only one in the sight of my mother, he also taught me and said to me, let your heart retain my words, keep my commands, and live. Get wisdom, get understanding, do not forget nor turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, and she will preserve you. Sandra mentioned that earlier. Do not forsake her, wisdom, and she, wisdom, will promote you. <clears throat> what did 1 Corinthians 2 say about wisdom? 
God did not teach us the things that he wants us to know. He doesn't teach us through man's wisdom, but through the wisdom of God through the Holy Spirit. Because his job is to teach us all things. So he teaches us the wisdom and the understanding of God. And here in this passage, he talks about the wisdom of God being a she. And Solomon's talking about his father and his mother both. But he's talking about wisdom as a she. Do not forsake her and she will preserve you. Love her and she will keep you. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom and in all you're getting, get understanding. Now, I want to relate this to fathers and mothers and focus on the mother. And um, in the world that we live in and the days that we live in, wisdom coming from mothers, someone may say, well, my mother told me to do something, but I don't believe that was the wisdom of God. Or my mother told me this or that or the other, but I don't believe it was right because, I mean, even, you know, even up to, I, I've heard of reports in the past of seven or even eight-year-olds, they, they can now legally come against their parents and say that their parents can't tell them to do something. And the Bible is very clear. You don't obey your parents, not going to be good for you. And, and you don't live long. And you don't live a life that is fulfilled when you don't obey your parents. If we don't talk about things like this and talk about the importance of it, then how are people going to know? And there's not a woman who is a mother anywhere that had it all down right. Not one. But women, in Genesis 1, God created man in his image, and he created them male and female, or, they, or he created them man and woman, meaning man with the womb. Now, there's a lot of women today, and if this upsets you or whatever, I'm just telling you the way I'm seeing it illustrated in Scripture, we're both man, because we're created one And then where the bodies were concerned, the woman, the man with the womb, was created out of the rib of man. But we were one. And today in marriage, my wife and I are one. I'm man, she's woman. We're like, somebody said, I'm man and she's woman. Right? But, but the woe is, is really the womb. It's the womb, the, the man with the womb. And we're one, and God created us that way so that we could give instruction to our children in ways that would help them to grow and to know and understand who they are in God. Because our children were first God's children and then our children. He gave them to us to grow them up so that they'd love Him and serve Him. That was the responsibility. 
But here's the point I want to make about this. The Bible says in, in the Corinthians that, that the woman, the wife, not the woman, but the wife, was created to complete the man. The wife was created to complete the husband. And what she was created to complete him with was wisdom. And the same wisdom that God gave a woman to become a wife, the Bible says when a man finds a wife, not a woman, but a wife, he finds a good thing. Somebody that has an understanding of truth and, and, and a passion to be one with the man. Not less, not a mat, not anything else other than one with the man. See, because the Bible says there's neither male nor female in the body of Christ. So when you talk about a husband and a wife, you're talking about two different people with different roles, but they're both men. Man and man with the womb. That's what the Bible says. Not, not, not something I dreamt up. It's what the Bible says. And when the two come together, then the two become a mighty fortress, and that's why the enemy has been so against marriage. Even to this day, all the confusion and the strife and the division and all the stuff out there about, you know, whoever comes together and come together whatever way, God didn't call, He didn't call, listen to me, and I'm not saying this to be funny, I'm saying this to be true, He didn't put Adam and Steve together. He put Adam and Eve together, a man and a man with a womb, not two wombs together, not two males together without the womb. He put us together. He did. Now, that's not politically correct. That's not, uh, that could be shot down really easily today because of the laws and things that are trying to come out about what I'm saying. I'm just telling you. I don't have to enforce that. I don't have to be ugly with that. I'm just telling you that's what the Bible says, okay? People that don't believe that, I'm required to love them and to accept them. I don't have to go along and condone what their thoughts and ideas are, but I have to love them and I have to accept them. And if you don't and you see them as the enemy, you're screwing up God's plan. I'm telling you right now, you're screwing his plan up. Because when people come up with ideas contrary to the word, it's because they don't have the word. Not because they're bad. Every human being on planet earth was created in the image of God. Every single human being on the planet was created in the image of God. Whether they tap into that or not is determined on whether they get born again. Jesus told Nicodemus, a man must be born a second time. He was telling Nicodemus, you're sitting here with me because you were born once. You were born of water and the Spirit. Water of the womb and the Spirit. You have to have both. And everywhere on planet Earth, there are people. There are people everywhere that have a lot of really different ideas than the Word. And I'm telling you, what I'm preaching to you today, you always know that, and I say this to you, when I preach something to you and I give you something the way I am to even today, you have to go to the Word yourself. You don't believe it just because I said it. Many of you know 
the hours and the time that I spend and listening to God, I'm not just giving you something off the top of my head that I think is a good message. I'm telling you out of my gut what I believe is true, right? And the world needs the truth more than anything because God wants everybody to be saved, but on top of that, he wants everybody to come to the knowledge of the truth. It's not enough to just get saved and be a wacko. There's a bunch of saved people out there that I'd rather do business with people unsaved than some people that are saved because their minds aren't renewed. They've not come to the knowledge of the truth. Did you hear me? I'm telling you that some of the people over here on the left that I can have better connection with than some of my extreme friends over here on the right because they're so extreme they can't think. God wants us to bring it to the middle. Stand up for what you know is right. Stand for the truth, but love people. Love everybody. And the wisdom that you got, the, if there's any kindness that I have in my life today, I got it from my mom. All right? The kindest lady you'll ever meet in your life. She left my dad for an alternate type of a lifestyle. And there was all kinds of emotion. I had to deal with all kinds of things in my growing up. But I came to the place where I was able to see her heart and accept her for who she was. And there was a day I led her to the Lord. Because I accept her. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And he wa- God wants people to repent and get born again, but he wants them to come to the knowledge of the truth. That's why, listen to me, and we got to be able to handle this in the days ahead. Whatever lifestyle that a person has today, I don't care what it is, the most extreme type of a lifestyle that you can think of, for them to get born again, they've got to be accepted like they are the way they are. And for them to come into the kingdom of God doesn't mean in three weeks their lifestyle is going to be cleaned up. How many things in your life that maybe aren't as radical as other things you see in the media or whatever have hung on or hung on in your life for many, many, many years? I'm telling you, man, this born again coming to the knowledge of the truth world is a messy world. You're looking for easy street? I'm looking for quietness and peace. (laughs) And you know where that is? Internal has nothing to do with the way it's going on out here. Nothing to do with it. But we're in this thing to win people. God said he didn't desire for one to perish, but everybody to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. How many? Everybody. We have a job to do that. How many, how many have been watching The Chosen? Lift your hand. I got two hands up. <clears throat> so if you're not watching The Chosen, find somebody that a raised up hand, get them to tell you how to download the app and get in it. Because The Chosen is doing an amazing job of revealing the person of Jesus, his life, and all of the people that were around him. And how he accepted people's lives, I tell you, they've done just an absolute, to this point, they've done an absolute brilliant job in my, in my mind. 
I'm waiting for episode four of season two. Coming out Tuesday! Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you can tell I'm excited. They're doing a fabulous job. Amen? They're doing a fabulous job with staying with Scripture and then creating ideas about what could have happened. Didn't say they didn't happen, but it didn't say it did, but it could have, but they're staying with Scripture all along the way. Doing a brilliant job. If you're not watching it, I really encourage you to watch it because it really focuses on how accepting Jesus was. Listen to me. Jesus' acceptance of people did not cause him to sway. It caused them to sway toward him. That's what we need. We need to be a people that are growing up in ourselves, overcoming the issues and the things in our lives. And as we overcome, then we're able in our lives to affect people to draw them to him, not us being drawn towards the ungodliness of other people that we're trying to get to. That's what Jesus did. That's the difference. And that's how we make up the difference in the world is that we act just like he did. Can you say amen? <clears throat> so I, I, I want to I tie these two things together here. In Luke 2 and verse 39, <clears throat> when Jesus was just a, a young man, his parents had gone to Jerusalem and um, to the feast, of, they had gone to the Jerusalem to the feast of the Passover, and, and they left. And they were about a day's journey away, and they realized he wasn't there. He was about 12 years old at the time. And they realized that he wasn't with them in their group that were traveling. And, um, and so they, they went back to look for him and to find him. And um, it says, no, it didn't. Hold on. Yeah, I copied. <laughs> I copied the wrong scriptures. <laughs> I copied the ones I just told you about. So they were they were supposing him to be with them and and <clears throat> We didn't, when they did not find him, verse 45, when they did not find him, this is Luke 2, 45, when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now, so it was after three days, they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished, and this is when he was 12 years old, at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth, and he was subjected. Or one translation said he was submitted to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature 
and in favor with God and man. He increased in wisdom. Why? Because he was submitted to his mom. Um, church history says that Joseph, he, he was 12 years old. Joseph passed away about six years later. So from the time he was submitted to his mom until he was 30 years old when it came time for him to be released. He was under her guardianship and protection, and it said he increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Why? Because of his connection with his mom. And in John chapter 2, and I'll end with this, in John chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, on the third day, there was a wedding in Canaan of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no more wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? What is her concern about they have no more wine? He said, my hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. When I watched my wife in the early years in raising our daughters, in so many ways and in so many words, that's what she told them. Whatever you learn from God, whatever he says do, whatever the word says, do that and you'll be blessed. And the Bible says when he was 12 years old, because he was subjected and submitted to his mom, and his, his dad also, but, but mainly with his mom, because of that submission to his mom, he increased in wisdom and in understanding. He increased in everything. And the Bible says when you do that and you submit to your parents, and, and submission as we grow older and we move out of our house with our parents and those kind of things, there's still an honoring of the parent. And, and, and the Bible says, if you honor your parents, that you'll live long on the earth and things will go well with you all your days. Only the Holy Spirit can reveal to you and show you how to be that type of a person that honors your mother. And the wisdom that comes from women that helps complete husbands, the wisdom that comes from a wife that helps to complete the, the, the husband is the same wisdom and understanding that helps to build and train the children. And, and in our society today, with, you know, I just, just reports and things that I hear from people, you know, that are, that seem like it's, things are against mothers, or against women being mothers, or being, being, um, you know, tabbed as being a mother, like, which would be a weaker person or somebody that's less, I don't know a stronger person in the world than my wife. I don't know anybody with tenacity and, and, and with truth and understanding and, and a passion to do what's right than my wife, which is the mother of my children. And that wisdom that comes from God through the woman, through the mother, and you have to just kind of apply that to your situation where you're at, that wisdom is the wisdom that creates and establishes things in the earth the same way it did in the life of Jesus. It established and it created him. And that wisdom that's not from the world, but that comes from God. And a woman and a wife or a mother is not going to always get that right. But the wisdom that she has as she develops that 
will produce things in life that nobody knows anything about. And a lot of times it's things that are produced in secret. What, what Mary did for Jesus, we only see a little bit, but did he have a love for that woman? Man, all through Scripture. And at the end, he made sure, he made sure that his mother was taken care of. I mean, when he was about to go on the cross, he made sure that his mother was taken care of. Why? Because of the wisdom that she poured into him. And that wisdom came from God. And then you take what you receive from your mom or your parent, but then you've got to develop that wisdom yourself by the Holy Spirit for you personally. But I'm so grateful for the wisdom of my mother that was given to me, and she made a lot of mistakes in life. But are we about somebody's mistakes? No, we're about the role that they play. And that role, you cannot remove that role and get away from that role if you reject it It'll hinder your life. If a husband rejects the wisdom from a wife that was created to help complete him in who he is, if a, if a husband rejects that, you'll not be the man God created you to be. It's all right, man. Father's Day's coming. <laughs> and if children reject the wisdom, from their mother, even if you don't like it, it won't be well with you. It's just not going to be well because the Bible says it's not going to be well. Gosh, I wish I could coat that over and everything be fine, but I can't. It won't be well. I'll just say this. My, mom, my mother has been gone for, she's been in heaven for uh, six no, five, six years. She's been in heaven for six years. And um, I started honoring her in a supernatural way years before she passed away. But in the last six years, man, I have honored her. I, man, I have thank God for her and all and what she gave me because I got my eyes off what she didn't do for me and I got over on what she did do for me. And I'm so grateful for her. Man, I'm just so grateful. And, and, and so you don't even have to have your mom with you to be able to honor her and to, and to bless her and to receive the wisdom and remember the things that she gave you, you know? I heard a guy one time talking about his mom and he, when, he, he, when he was a boy, she was a hooker in um, maybe Vegas or something. I, I don't know where it was. But she would take her son. Man, I think about this story. Whew. She would take her son and take him to a daycare when she went to the strip so that he was taken care of. And he grew up having a a hatred toward his mom until he realized what his mom had done. And he, he got saved. Somehow something happened with him. He got saved and he led his mama to the Lord. And, and, and over time, she was able to get out of the trap of that lifestyle in her life. But he realized she did everything she could as a mom to make sure that he was protected. I mean, why, why would a woman have a lifestyle like that? Survival. Out of desperation. Not because they loved it. 
because they were trying to survive. And it was the quickest way to make the most amount of money that they could see. And out of desperation, they did it and then got locked into it and couldn't get out of it. That was his story with his mom. And I heard her testify about the greatness of God and how God delivered her of all that. And I mean, think of the wisdom that she tapped into to take that boy to a daycare to make sure he was protected. What mamas will do? Hmm? Tell you guys, we got to learn from the mamas. They're strong, strong, strong. Anyway, remember, this is Mother's Day. Father's Day's coming. <laughs> See, so you have to talk to men like that so they'll come back. <laughs> Yee! Amen? Thank God for the Holy Ghost.